Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint, and today we're going to be talking about the Scots. Now, for when I finally get these videos published that I've been sitting on, you know, every time I'm recording these podcasts, I'm actually recording video as well, and I, I'm sitting on a bunch of them that I have yet to turn loose on YouTube because I haven't finished including the visual aids that I want to include. But when I do, y'all are going to see in the video this little thing on my eye, and it looks like I was taking a crack at old Egyptian-style makeup, but that wasn't, that's not what it is. It's a little, it's a little shiner. My son and I are involved in Muay Thai. Yep, we're taking it together. It's good father-son activity, good wholesome recreation, and we were sparring this evening, and uh, we had several different sparring partners, and I had one of them get the, get a good lick on me, so anyway, it's uh that's actually doesn't hurt at all. The one that hurts is my shin. My shin guard slipped off to the side, and anyway, got a big knot on my shin, and that's what happens when you're training to fight, and that's just part of the deal. So it's pretty fun, and it's good quality time with my son. But that explains my shiner there. All right, so let's get into talking about the clan Scott, shall we? This is a I can't, the reason I'm doing Clan Scott is because somebody asked for it. <laughs> I can't even remember who it was, but somebody on the Facebook. And we, uh, yeah, they just said, hey, like what you're doing, everything. Hey, let's hear it for Clan Scott. And I know a lot of you who've been listening to this for a long time have actually made requests. And you're like, what the heck? I asked clear back in the, like a year ago for a episode on mine. But hey, look, here's the deal. So since I'm doing shorter podcasts and videos these days, I'm going to get to more requests. It's going to be easier for me because I just don't have to do this huge thing. I'm just going to keep it pretty simple. Here's a few noteworthy things about any particular clan and and it doesn't need to be long, you know, be, yeah. So we're just going to keep it short and simple more and and uh so that allow me to get to more of your requests. So, and today I'm just going to pick a few noteworthy things about the Scots to share with you. And if I miss something, please include them in the, uh, catch us up in the comments or go on the Facebook group or send me an email at thescottishclans at gmail.com. Yep, until I get an actual web deal, website up and going, we're going to use Gmail for now, okay? So that's what we're doing, thescottishclans at gmail.com. If you've got specific communication you want to make with me, then you don't want to put it as public as Facebook. All right, so the... The Scots, the the sources that I'm using for this are, I, I try I try to go to the actual clan societies and, the, and their their web pages, and see what they are saying about themselves. Now, some of these are more scholarly than others. Some of you might recall the three episodes in a row I did on the Campbells. Uh, there's a lot of material on them, and they have some great well-researched material and a very well-developed website. Uh, for the Scots, I went to clanscottscotland.com. And then another website I went to is clanscottsociety.org. So those are, those are two online sources that I used. Now, if you go to the Wikipedia and you look at the, which I did go to, and you look at the footnotes on that, like usual, they're mostly going to Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia, which seems to be the Bible of Scottish clans. 
that wasn't the only source that that Wikipedia article used, but that was the predominant one. All right, so there's my sources. So I'm not going to stop every time I go through this and say this is mentioned here and here. I'm just going to tell you where I got my stuff from. And if you want more information, you can go to those sources. All right, so let's start off with origins. You know I love to talk about the origin stories and the origins of clans, the origin of war cries, which we've done recently. And by the way, I don't have this worked into my notes, so while I'm thinking of it, the Clan Scott war cry is a Bellendane or a Bellendine or just Bellendine. But if you remember the episode I did a couple episodes ago or so, that is falls in the category of their meeting place. There's a place called Bellendine or Bellendane. There's different spellings of it, and that's that's where they would rally, and that's what they would. One of the things they would shout as they are charging into battle. All right, that's all I got on that. So let's go back to origins. Uh, now here's the thing: in, in more than one place that I looked, the first mention when I start to talk about where do the Scots come from. They bring up the Scotty, the Latin word for the Irish raiders during the Roman days. And maybe that's worth mentioning, but you're going to have a really tough time connecting Roman times and a word for a group of people during Roman times and the first mention in the historical records of a Scot which isn't until 1120. So I don't I don't know if any of the sources just straight out said that the name Scott comes from the Scotties, the Scotty and the Gallic speak, speaking Dalriadan kingdom. I I don't know where they were going with that. They they're kind of implying that, but I don't know if they actually came out and said it. Or maybe just saying, "Hey, look, this the word Scott, the first time we ever see it is here." And it's the, the word is that old. Maybe that's all they were saying. But don't start thinking that the surname Scott is in an unbroken line clear back to the Scotty of Roman days. All right. So the first, going back to that first Scott on record, is a gentleman by the name of Uchtred, Phileas Scott or Scotty. And like I said earlier, he, he was in the time period of 1120 is when we see that record with him with him on it. So that's not when he was born. It's the first mention we have of somebody with this last name. Now, Phileas Scotty would mean the son of Scotty. So was Scotty. This is, so sometimes I'm coming to you with information. Sometimes I'm coming to you with my own questions. All right. So. If he's the son of Scotty, is that a family name by that point? Which is possible, as we're getting into Norman times there. Or is he the son of somebody who's using Scott as their first name? I don't know. If any of you know, please enlighten the group, will you? All right, so that's the first person on record, and that's the, kind of the origin of the Scots. We have a, a gentleman by that name. And I'll talk about where that is in a second. I do think it's noteworthy, and this is the next thing I want to mention about the Scots, that there was a gentleman by the name of Michael Scott. And yep, those of you of who are Office fans, the TV show Office, you get a kick out of that. But this Michael Scott was a little bit different than the one you're used to seeing on The Office. 
This Michael Scott, he lived roughly between 1175 and 1232. He became famous throughout Europe for his learning. He was capable in many language and languages, including Arabic, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. He studied astrology, mathematics, philosophy, physiognomy, chiromancy, and achieved high position within the church. Some were suspicious of him. He seems to have been a man with an insatiable mind. That was my impression as I read about him. He was an interesting fellow, but yeah. So, and, and the interesting thing about the dates there is he's not that far later in time than the first Scott ever mentioned. So if we're talking about the same kindred, he may have been closely related to whoever was acting as the head of this kindred. And this is the time in Scotland when the kin-based society would have been prevalent throughout. All right, so let's get to the territory of the Scots. Their lands originally, now bear with me for a bit when I say originally, were at Murdoston or Murdiston or Murthockstone or Murthockston. They are um, different spellings of the same place. And they built the castle there, the Murdison, Castle Murdiston or the Murdiston Castle. And in the early 1420s, they exchanged lands with the Inglis family and became established at Branksome. Now, this is the one, if you're into the Border Reaver history, this is where the, the stronghold that you'll associate with the, the chiefs of the Scott surname. So so they, they trade those two lands, the Ingleses, it appears, actually they have a really cool story of them challenging, like in a battle of champions, you know, going clear back to like, I mean, you can go, you can go with, with Celtic people clear back to Roman times that Romans wrote about the, Celts, the Celtic speaking people doing this, but you can go further back in the story of David and Goliath is really just a battle of champions, right? So this is a very ancient custom, but you saw it there in the, I believe it was the 1400s, when you have an Inglis in a battle between Scots and the English, which is interesting because the guy's last name is Inglis, but he's on the Scottish side. He challenges, you know, hey, hey, English, send out your best guy. And he whips him. And I think in that context, it means he killed him. But they grew weary of the border raiding back and forth with the English. And so they say, hey, Scots, let's, let's do a land swap here. So that's what they did. And that's how the Scots gained their chief stronghold at Branksom. However, it looks like they are already established in the region as Sir Richard Scott was the ranger of Ettrick Forest before that. And so with a land swap with the Ingleses, it looks like they were just getting more land in an area they already had a foothold in. And with their acquisition of Branksom, they moved their power base there, yet maintained the style, quote-unquote, of Baklu. All right, so Baklu, they were already had that that land there and they acquired Branksom in the land swap for Murdiston. All right, so speaking of geography and territory, the Scots were a border kindred. In the late 1400s, the chief of the Scots could call up a thousand spears. It's a lot. That's a very powerful number of people that you personally could call on. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. But 
In the 1560s, the Scott Chief killed four Elliots for cattle wrestling. Now keep in mind, this may have been the coal calling the kettle black. Go around in the mid-1500s and try to find people from these border clans that had never been involved in cattle wrestling. All right, so it's pretty heavy penalty for something a lot of them had been engaged in, and this infuriated the Elliots. And so the Elliots invaded the Scott territory with 300 riders. Now this 300, you know, keep in mind, that, remember that the Scots are supposed to be able to come up with a thousand men, but this 300, and I don't know if they got into Scott deep into Scott territory before they could get that many people together. But you, we have a battle, and this, the, the Elliots were able to fight the Scots on equal terms. Both sides sustained heavy casualties, and the two clans were able to come to terms without completely wiping each other out. Now, I want to I wanna pause here for a second, because a lot of our dialogue on the Facebook group which is what it was created for. It was, it's, we're using the podcast as a platform, but then let's go and talk about the Scottish clans. And, you know, a lot of people who are just coming in to this community, specific, not just the community of people interested in Scottish history generally, but specifically our Facebook group, this podcast, people who are new to this are not sometimes acquainted with the level of scholastic rigor that we like and prefer to bring to this and like well what about what about this clan or that clan or you know and then they're bringing up surnames that aren't really I mean I hate to say it but they that not all surnames in Scotland were clans and we've said that a hundred times on here but this is this right here what I just told you about the Elliots and the Scots this is really what I'm getting at. So here is clear evidence of kin groups working together on real or perceived kinship. And the Elliots, probably on pretty quick notice, call up 300 guys. And they fight. And I, I never found a number for the Scots that they encountered. If the Scott chief has time... He probably didn't have. He could get a thousand guys together. That wouldn't have been much of a fight. So my guess is that he didn't get his thousand guys together to fight the Elliots. But these people are fighting in kin groups. There's there's clear evidence here of these people coming together and coming against each other. And then the unfortunate thing is the evidence for people acting together in a kin group is usually violent. It's usually in some kind of military engagement where people are trying to kill each other. But here we have with these border kindreds, the Elliots and the Scots, just this is this is one of the things I look for to try to discern whether a surname was actually a clan or just a last name. All right. And there's actually been some recent work on the Facebook group, there's been some uh, some discussion threads that go into, and I think it was started by Neil King, but there's some, been some other very educated and very insightful responses and great dialogue in there talking about if you get too wrapped around the axle about surnames tied into clans, you might not be seeing what's really going on. But 
anyway, that's I digress a little bit. But this is what we're this conflict between the Elliots and the Scots is what I'm really is an example of what I would look for if I'm trying to decide whether something some surname is a clan or just a surname. All right, without beating that horse any farther, which no pun intended, but the other thing that I want to point out about this, moving on to a different aspect, but something that this illustrates here is the the cavalry nature of border warfare. And that's what I wrote my master's thesis on, was a comparison and contrast between the border clans and the highland clans in the realm of warfare between 1300, roughly, and 1600. And here we see that cavalry coming, that to, the border country was overwhelmingly cavalry, light cavalry. Now, despite their encounter, this encounter with the Elliots, which they were able to resolve after a bunch of people had died, the Scots actually had a much more significant feud with the, the Cares. Um, but I, I covered that in episode 21. Another episode that I didn't actually go back and find the exact number of, um, I did another episode on the rescue of Kinmont Willie Armstrong by, um, I, I believe it was a Walter Scott. They called him Bold Baclou. And that's a really, really cool story. So I encourage you to go back. If, like I said, I don't have the number for that episode, but my title for episodes are pretty descriptive. And so I think you'll be able to find that pretty easily if you go scrolling back through the different episodes. If you haven't heard it already, or if you're up for a good story, or you want to tell your kids a cool bedtime story. It's not too graphically violent. I don't think that one is. All right, so that's we're on to almost our last thing. Now we are to our last thing. So you can look more up on the, the Scott and Care feud, if you'd like. With the ascension to the throne of James VI of Scotland, the first of England, the border country just wasn't what it used to be in that it's no longer a frontier area. People on both sides have the same monarch. And we see many of the heads of the riding kindreds of the border country go from something like a clan chief to an aristocrat. And the reason I say something like a clan chief, please be clear that if we're looking at contemporary people back in the time period that we're talking about, um, we've used the term clan to apply to lowland kindreds uh, sometimes. And there's several different words we can use for that. The Gales themselves had several different words to denote a kin group of various types. You have clan, that does come from, from Gaelic. You have canal and sliacht and um, shiel. The other English words that we could use are kindred or surname. Like So you can hear the border reavers referred to some of them there. Their writing surnames like Johnston and Maxwell and Kerr and Hume and Douglas and Glendinning. Um, but I just want to make it clear that the people during that time period, I don't know that any border reavers ever referred to themselves as a clan. Now, if you go to some of the contemporary government documents, then, like the one from 1587, they make very little distinction between some of these border border kindreds and the Highland clans. And that's kind of where I'm going with some of this is if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, why don't we just call it a duck regardless of what language we're doing it in? So I really don't have a huge problem with referring to a border kindred as a clan. They had a chief. They came together for 
activities, usually, like I said, military activities, raiding, uh, or actually pitched battles, feuding, on a kindred, a kinship basis in a in a kin-based society, and so I don't really have a, a lot of heartburn with referring to them as border clans. All right, so but with the ascension of James VI of Scotland, the first of England to the throne, a lot of that went away on the border. Uh, at least James felt very strongly. King James felt very strongly about cracking down on it there. Now, it went. It was almost erased that whole concept during his reign, yet the Highlanders maintained, to a large degree, their autonomy for another century and a half. Now, so you had the, something like a clan chief going to more of an aristocrat. Now, here's something that I read, and this comes out of the Scottish, the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia. We learn that the second Earl of Buccleuch, Sir Francis Scott, during the Scottish Civil War, supported the Covenanters against King Charles I. And in doing so, specific mention is made of him leading cavalry against James Grand, the first Marquess of Montrose of the Battle of Philippa. All right, so we have a, a man from the border country leading a force of cavalry. Now, I probably would have an answer for you if I dove in this, but I just kind of saw it last second as I was getting ready to record this podcast. A question that I have is, okay, the Border Reavers, the Scottish Civil War would have been a generation or so after the the heyday of the Border Reavers. But he's able to call up, my, my question is, was he calling on people who still maintained this strong culture of of light cavalry? And and we're still, I don't know, was that tradition still strong in that border country that you had guys that were ready to, to go fight as light cavalry who were still in that tradition, still still engaged in that, even though if it wasn't, you know, it was, it was after that heyday. Anyway, just a, just a question. So if any of you know, maybe some of you can tell us, when did border reavers actually stop being a thing? be interesting to know that. But that, that concludes my episode on the Scots. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting and informative. Whether you're a Scot, have Scott somewhere back in your family tree, or you just like learning about Scottish clans like I do. So go ahead and if you haven't, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast or this YouTube video channel, um, please do so. If you want to engage, you can leave something down in the comments. You can, um, if it, you can go to our Facebook group and partake there. Some of you have left very encouraging and kind messages for me on Podbean, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review on there. So I don't know what the next episode is going to be, but until then, Martian Lave and Rasta. <laughs>